Well, we're talking about discipleship. Jesus said, I want you to be my disciples, but then after that, I want you to go and make disciples. So you should have somebody above you that's teaching you how to, you know, follow the Lord. Actually, disciple really means a learner, a pupil, a student, learning how to be like Jesus. And then he says, I want you to duplicate yourself into somebody else's life. Come alongside of them and show them and guide them how to be like Christ. Because there's a lot to learn. Do you know that in being a Christian? I had a brother come to me the other day, and he said, you know, I'm just not, it seems like I'm not tapping in. I don't know, I can't feel the spirit. I'm praying, and nothing's happening. So I made, we talked a little bit. I made a few adjustments, and he said, yeah, I, I think I, I get it now. And so we prayed, and the Lord came and just visited him. Sometimes it's just a little adjustment, just like being on a radio dial. You know, you're not tuned in exactly right, but when you tune in exactly right, you feel the presence of the Lord, and, and that's the way the Lord works. Praise God. So here's our scripture that we're going to look at. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and you might say, we, we did that scripture last week. Yes, I know, but you know, repetition brings conviction. Repetition burns it into your spirit, into your soul, into your life, so that it becomes part of what you're doing. It's called, uh, in, as we were learning in my studies, unconscious competence. What does that mean? Unconsciously, you're doing what the Lord wants you to do because it's been ingrained in you, in your spirit. So you start doing it. You don't even know that you're doing it. Isn't that, isn't that the way we're supposed to be? Automatic. We're automatic on pilot. Praise God. So it says, Jesus came and spoke to him. This is as he's getting ready to leave. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. What is he saying? He's saying, listen, all authority has been given to me and implied I'm giving it to you. Isn't that good news? Everything that I can do, now you can do also when you use my name. So you can, you can change people's lives, change their situations, bring them into the right path. I, I like Andrew's testimony. He said that a friend called him up and they were talking back and forth. And so Andrew says, well, what do you need in your life? He said, I need to get saved, right? So you led him to the Lord over the phone. Amen? He lives up north, so he hooked him up with his mom. He's going to church today. What? Because he's making disciples, right? He's looking around to see who needs the Lord. He needs to know more about the things of God. So he says, go, therefore, and make. That means you have to make, you have to, there's a learning process. There's some things that have to change. You don't just all of a sudden, okay, I'm a disciple. <laughs> you know, you get your badge or something and you walk around and you do things. No, you have to learn. And we're going to talk about that. You have to be trained. Everybody has to be trained. You know, baseball players, they don't just get up there and hit the ball. They train years and years of experience. So it says, uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. So they need, you know, you need to be taught. And lo, I am with you even till the end of the age. What does that mean? He says, I will teach you and I, because people need to be taught and retaught. You know, when you tell them to do something the first time, they don't always do it. How many of you know that? Like when Marianne asked me to do something, <laughs> might be days, <laughs> maybe weeks, maybe months. There's a sign in our bathroom that says, don't turn the water on, there's something in the sink. And she hasn't bothered me trying to fix it, but she's patient. She's holding on for dear life. <laughs> so, so when you tell someone, don't do this or don't do that, they don't really respond right away, but you have to have patience. And that's where Jesus says, lo, I'm with you. 
How many times have the Lord told you to do something and you don't do it? To forgive someone or to love someone or to, to, to help someone with something. And we delay, we procrastinate, we make excuses. And God's saying, I'm being patient, I'm long-suffering with you. Why don't you just do it, as Nike says, right? <laughs> so he says, I'm going to uh, teach you, or you have to teach them to observe all the things. And lo, I'm with you even to the end of time. So we're going to look at some characteristics of what it takes to be a disciple. We have 26 things that we're going to go over today. Are you ready for that? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We, 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 we honed it down to just four. <laughs> I know. Come back next week. We'll do the rest. Okay. So these are all carefully detailed in D's so that you can rem remember them. Let's say them together. The first one is to be what? Devoted. Second, to be then to be, and fourth to be. So we're going to learn these things and see how we can be. So the first one is, you have to be devoted. And one of the definitions of being a disciple is the admirer. You admire the Lord. You want to be with him. Jesus, when he called his disciples, says, come be with me. And so when you're with him, he'll teach you how to be a disciple and then how to go and get disciples. So it's amazing to me that all throughout the Bible, from Genesis until David, no one said that I love you, Lord. Can you imagine that? Abraham didn't say it. Noah didn't say it. Moses didn't say it. Noah found grace and favor with God. Abraham was his friend. Moses spoke to him face to face. But no one of them said, I love you, Lord. No one dared because God is up there in heaven. How can you say, I love you? How can you share that emotion with a God that is so high and lifted up? But David was the first one because he was what? A man after God's own heart. He said, I love you, Lord. And I lift my heart to you. Amen. Let's see the scripture where it says it here. Psalms 18, 1 through 2 says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. Now, I pray, you ever had to pray that when you're in trouble? Lord, you're my rock. You're the horn of my salvation. You're my refuge. You're my shield. Lord, protect me. Take care of me. I don't know if any of you have ever had to pray that. Anybody? Let me see if you Anybody ever have to pray that? Yeah, I say, okay, let's be honest here. Sometimes we get into situations, a rock in a hard place, paint yourself in a corner. You got nothing to do but ask the Lord for help and mercy, and he comes through. So he says, I love you, Lord. But you know what? And this is just my opinion that I think people, we, we throw the I love around pretty easy, don't we? We say, oh, I love tennis. I love swimming. I, I love you know, apple pie. <laughs> I love that TV show. I just love that actor or actress, right? I love ice cream. I love my dog. I love my cat. I love my bird. I love all these things. But wait a minute. What about loving the Lord? So you ask me, well, do you love the Lord? Of course. That doesn't seem like the right answer, does it? You love all these things and your eyes pop up, pop out. But then when you say, do you love the Lord? Of course I love the Lord. That's not the right answer. You know, when my wife says, when she asks me, do you love me? Should I say, of course? How many of you know that doesn't work? Annabelle says, no, that doesn't work. What am I supposed to say? 
Of course I do, I do, dear. You're the apple of my eye. I love you tremendously. I can't live without you. There's you. nobody on this earth I'd rather be with than you, right? Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. So when the Lord asks you, do you love me? You're supposed to say, yes, Lord. You're my everything. I think about you all the time. You're in my heart. I love you for what you've done for me. Praise God. So that's the proper, we have to be devoted, longing for the Lord. You know, when we go to play basketball, I tell my wife, I'm going to go play basketball. And she says, why are you so excited? <laughs> You're not that way when, you, well, when we go out to eat. <laughs> So I told my friend about this, and he says, yeah, my wife says the same thing to me. She, he says, you're, you're, you just light up, your eyes light up. Because <laughs> we're just kids at heart, us guys, you know, we have to learn how to uh, be married, praise the Lord. <laughs> so, uh, so, so we're supposed to be like this. Let's see this, this lady here. Is she loving the Lord? Is she desirous to be near him and in his presence. The Bible says that praise is comely or beautiful to the upright. Jesus loves to see that. And you single guys, if you meet a girl like this, this is the kind of girl you want to marry, okay? Someone that loves the Lord first, then loves you. So she's given it all of her heart, all of her soul, all of her strength to be with the Lord. Now, I've noticed, and let's look at this next slide. It's baseball season now. And, and, and look at these guys. They're excited. Everybody's got Dodger something on. Blue, and they've got their uh, flags, they're waving, they're excited. Amen? Is that a church service or is that a baseball game? <laughs> it's a baseball game, right? It should be church service. Let's look at it. But see, when they lose, let's see what happens. Oh, man. Oh, it's terrible. I can't take it. <laughs> That's, that's, not, that's not the way it should be, right? Now, fans, let's get ready. Church fans, let, let's get ready. Let's get ready. Now, here's the scripture, and I want to see how you're supposed to react, okay? I love you, Lord, my strength. Lord, you're my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of salvation, my stronghold. And all the church said... Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah, Woo! thank you Jesus, hallelujah, glory to God, amen. <laughs> there, I mean, doesn't that feel good, don't you think the Lord likes that, when we make a big deal about him and get exci more excited about him than other things, right? Now, I had someone that was interviewed, or uh, they were interview him, interviewing him, and he met the Lord, and he asked the Lord, Lord, do you care about sports events? And the Lord says, I care about what you care about. So if you, li if you like it, I like it. I'll be there with you. It's kind of like a father who plays dolls with their little girls. Do they like dolls? No, they like their little girls, so they'll play dolls with the little girl and watch the little girl talk about it, you know. See, I'm going up to the kitchen now, and we're going to make something to eat. And, and the daddy's just, yes, we are. <laughs> so God is there with us as whatever we do. Amen? So don't do things alone. Bring him with you. When I play basketball, I said, Lord, let's go play basketball together. Can you help me out a little bit? <laughs> and sometimes the ball bounces, pink, 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 and then it goes in. And the people go like, that's no fair. 
We can't play against you and Jesus at the same time. Just, just play yourself. Don't, don't, don't. And one time they traded me because they wanted to make the teams fair, and they traded me to this other team. And so I told my friend, you should never do that. You should never trade me off your team. You don't know that I'm your, your, your magic. You know, I'm your spiritual advisor. <laughs> but, uh, and, and they lost. And I told them, I said, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> and, and my friend, he's Jewish. And it's so funny because uh, we, we talk spiritual things. And so I chose this team one time. And the team was starting to lose. I mean, we were losing like a lot. And I said, well, what happened to the, ch the team that I chose? And so my friend, my Jewish friend said, Oh, ye of little faith. Now, how many of you know that a Jewish person doesn't believe in the New Testament or Jesus? And I said, you can't quote that scripture. You're not allowed to. You're, you have to stay in the Old Testament. <laughs> he just laughed and we went on. But, you know, so here's, David wrote a Psalm 119. And I want you to look at it a little bit. And let's take a measurement and see where we are in our love walk. What, what degree are we in? Okay, let's look at this. In Psalms 190, he says, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in what? All riches. David was a rich man. He was a king. He lived in the palace. He had everything that he wanted. He says, but I love your testimonies. This is all Old Testament now. Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers. How many of you love those books? How many of you have ever read those books? <laughs> you read all of them. David said, I rejoice in your testimonies. 24 says, your testimonies are also my delight. Do you delight in those things? Are those things that you delight in? Do you take pleasure in those things? Or do you take pleasure in like a hot fudge Sunday or something like that? Or a day off and where you get to just relax. 47 says, I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. Here's the one I like. At midnight, I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. How do you guys look at midnight? <laughs> but do you, first thing, do you think, I thank you, Lord, for your righteous judgments. I thank you, Lord, that you're in my heart. I worship you, Lord. You know, the Lord visits us in the night seasons. He comes and he talks to us because our mind is not cluttered with the day's activities. Our spirit is open to him. And you can talk to him at midnight or 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. He's always up. Did you know that? He's watching. He's waiting for you to wake up so he can talk to you. And the next uh, slide. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Can you imagine just a bunch of gold and silver, you know, piled up high? And God and Paul and David says, I love you more than riches. Isn't that something? If you're on uh, Price is Right or whatever, and they say, okay, you can have door number one, <laughs> God, or door number two, thousands of gold and silver, what would you choose? Well, of course, God, right? 97 says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Are you thinking about him all the day long? This is the devotion that we have to have to the Lord. We have to, our heart has to be in tune to him that you can't stop thinking about. You know how it is when you first meet a girl or you first meet a guy? That's all you think about all day long. I wonder what they're doing. I remember what she said to me the last time I saw her. <laughs> right? I wonder what she meant when she said that. <laughs> I wonder when, I, when can I see her again? Right? Isn't that what guys think? Isn't that what girls think? Jesus said, I want, God said, I want you to think about me that way. 
Meditate on the scriptures all day long. I had to learn and train myself to do this because when I first got saved, you know, you say your prayers in the morning, you do your Bible study, and then you go on to work and you forget about them. You leave them there at the, at the Bible study. So I read this book by Brother Lawrence called In His Presence, and they practice keeping the Lord in your thoughts, in your way, in your life all the day long. And so I tried, tried doing that. I just said, okay, I'll, I'll do it at lunchtime. At 12 o'clock, I'll stop and I'll just you know, think about the Lord. And then I increased it after a while. I go, every hour I'll think about the Lord. So 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I remember I was, I was in school, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. As soon as the clock hit that, I said, okay, Lord, I, I love you. I love you. I thank you, Jesus, for your life on the inside of me. And then I started doing it every 15 minutes. And then I started making it just a part of my regular life, just to always be talking to him, always fellowshipping with him. And guess what? He'll fellowship with you and will talk to you because you're talking to him. Praise God. So see how you're doing in this. Are you at, the, at David's level where you meditate day and night? How's the next one? So, uh, verse 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. What kind of a guy is this that says, I don't even want a treat. I don't even want a snack. I want a snack on the word. So when you wake up in the middle of the night, how many of you ever wake up and you, I just need a snack. I need something to, you know, satisfy me. Go and read a couple chapters in the Bible. How sweet it is. Praise the Lord. There's another one. Verse 111. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever. They are the rejoicing of my heart. How far are we away from, is this your life? But people look at you and say, I can just tell that Jesus is the rejoicing of your heart. I can tell that the Lord, you, you've met people like that where they're just so full of the presence of the Lord. You feel so blessed. I, I heard this one testimony. This guy was on a plane and he was walking down the, the, the aisle and people started, you know, rejoicing and laughing. And he looked at him and said, what, what, what are you guys rejoicing about? He says, You're pr the presence of the Lord is following you as you go. And so he witnessed to 47 people on the, on the, uh, on the plane. Can you imagine that? Yeah. I, I, I know uh, Catherine Kuhlman, when she went, uh, one time she was ministering, and she, they're going to take her on stage, and she had to cut through the restaurant, through the kitchen, because, you know, she's so popular, people would just want to grab her. So as she was running through the kitchen, getting ready to take, go on stage, all the cooks started falling out. <laughs> Why? Because the presence of the Lord was following her. I can remember when Jack Hayford came and spoke at our church, and he was praying on the way in. He coming coming from Van Nuys, so I'm in the office waiting for him to come, and he comes in in a hurry, and he just whooshed by, and all of a sudden, whoosh, I went, "Oh my gosh, what is that? That's the spirit of the Lord." Do you carry that with you? Because you can convince and and change people's hearts and lives just by your presence being being there. We went to Marianne's. Uh, relative's funeral yesterday, he, or yeah, Saturday, he was 103 years old. That's a long time to be alive. But when they did his, his uh, eulogy, no mention of God, no mention of helping people in the name of the Lord. 103 years, and you get to heaven, and the Lord says, well, what have you done with my son Jesus? Jesus? I, don't, I didn't do anything. That would be a sad testimony, wouldn't it? That's why I'm here to remind you guys to do something for the Lord. Okay, the next uh, last 
bit in Psalms 119. It says, Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. How many of you need to be revived? You can be by, your, by uh, uh, his loving kindness. My la the last scripture on this Psalms is, My soul keeps your testimonies. I love them exceedingly. What does exceedingly mean? There's no measurement. There's no figure. There's no measure that you can measure it by. Exceedingly. So these are the things that we have to do. So uh, the first thing is we have to be devoted. Let's look at, at Psalms. The next scripture says Psalms. Or Genesis, I'm sorry. Genesis 17.1. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be what? Just try to be good as you can. I know you're human. I know you make mistakes, but just try to do the No, what did he say? Be blameless. Be perfect. Be mature. You know, the teaching nowadays is, well, grace covers it. I'm covered. You know, I sinned the other day. Oh, it's covered. <laughs> I went out and got smashed the other day. It's, it's covered. <laughs> I was mean to somebody. It's covered. <laughs> he said, no, don't, I don't want you to be just covered. I want you to walk blameless before me, right? And the next scripture says... Leviticus 20, verse 7 says, Set yourselves apart to be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Holy means to be set apart, sanctified, put aside for the master's use. He wants you exclusively. He's jealous over you. He wants you to spend time with him and love him. Isn't that good? So we have to be devoted. And uh, so then we're going to look at um, the second thing is to be dedicated. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. We have to be trained. We can't just, you know, flop in and say, okay, you know, I went to church today, but did you learn anything? Did you take anything out of the lesson and the message and apply it to your life so that you can be trained? You know, baseball players, they need to be trained. Musicians need to be trained, right? Artists, everyone needs to be trained and to learn. There's mentors and mentees so, so you can learn things because there's a lot of things that you don't know. But you can talk to someone that can show you and tell you things that you didn't know so that you can quicken your learning process so that you can get it faster than it would be if you try to do it in your own self. How many of you know that? So we have a picture of a guy, guys. Now, what, this is a, a coach teaching these kids and since I'm a baseball player, I know exactly what he's telling them. You know what he's telling them? Any baseball players here? Keep your eye on the ball. <laughs> That's numero uno, right? <laughs> Where's Melissa? What's he, what's he teaching him? Hardball. No, no. He's teaching him how to throw a curveball. Okay? You see, he says, you put your hand on the seams, and you put your, this finger on that one seam, and you flip it like that, and that makes the ball go like that. How do I know that? I was, when, I was a kid one time. Somebody had to train me. How, many, how do you know that you, have, you need, how many of you know you need to learn things in the kingdom of God so that you can overcome and not be tricked by the devil? Amen. So then when you grow up, let's look at this. You, get, you, get, you still get a coach. I, I'm grown. I don't need no coach. I've been saved 20 years. I don't need nobody to tell me what to do. <laughs> in fact, I have a friend who, who, who used to coach for the Dodgers. And he said he tried to coach some of the guys, and they wouldn't listen to him. Why? Because they're making $10 million a year, some $20 million. He's making $100,000. They said, I don't need to listen to you. 
Sometimes a little kid can tell you something and change your heart and change your life because they're just spitting back what you've told them and in, in a particular situation. So we, learn, we have to be, learn how to be trained. We have to be dedicated how to uh, uh, grow. So when we're babes, we, we all start off as babes, babes in Christ. Isn't that true? Are you going to answer that or what? <laughs> we're supposed to grow up into him. Grow up in all things. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I acted like a child. But then when I became a man, I knew manly things. Even Jesus had to what? Grow in wisdom and stature in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So the third thing that we're going to learn is how to be disciplined. First, we have to be devoted. Actually, if you're devoted to the Lord, your heart's with him, all this stuff kind of falls in line. When I fell in love with the Lord, I just wanted to go to church. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to read the whole Bible. I wanted to know everything right now. And I couldn't because there's 66 books. I don't know how many pages, but it just took a long time. But every time I went to church, Marianne knows I was on the front row. And my, I was just like, okay, tell me something. Show me something I don't know. I want to know more about the Lord. And, you know, we went to church on Wednesday. We went on Sunday, two, two services on Sunday, Sunday night. We had uh, prayer time, uh, leadership classes. We, never, we always went to church. We lived in church. We could have just moved into church. <laughs> because that's, that's all we, we wanted to know God so much. And we're still that way. I still want to know more about God. I still listen and, and, and follow things on the Internet and find out uh, messages that, that go on because I want to know about the Lord. So uh, we want to be, this next thing is, so first devoted, second what? Dedicated. Dedicate yourself to the Lord. You know, give your heart to the Lord. There's one lady at our other church on her 80th birthday, her name is Sister Clara, on her 80th birthday, guess what she wanted to do for her, her birthday? Huh? No, not, she's already baptized. But 80 years old, she wanted to serve the Lord. She said, I want to go and make some dinners for the people on Skid Row. So she made 25 dinners, got in her car, drove to Los Angeles, passed out the, the, the dinners, and guess what? One guy didn't get a dinner. She made 25 and one guy didn't get it. What, what do you think she did? Huh? Uh, that would be easy, right? She went home, made another plate, all the way to Pasadena, came back and fed that person. So some people have bucket lists, you know. Oh, I want to do this. I want to skydive. I want to, you know, go on the... What's that thing where you get on there? On the zip drive, you know. I want to go on a thing where you go up on the ocean. Not skydive, but what is it called? Parasailing. parasailing. My son and I went on that parasailing. Boy, that was a... Yeah, hang gliding. All these things. But the lady didn't want to do that. She said, I want to do something for the Lord. I am dedicated to Him. Praise God. So what am I trying to say? Do something that you can dedicate yourself to the Lord. Be devoted to Him. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? There's people out there that need you. So this, the, the third thing is be disciplined. It says, I beseech you, therefore, next slide, yeah, 
by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What's that mean? If he saved you, he delivered you, he's got a place reserved in heaven for you, at least what you can do is serve him. Isn't that what Jesus said? He said, I came to serve, not to be served. So we have to be disciplined. Paul said this, what? I buffet my body and bring it into uh, subjection. At least I preach the gospel and I be a castaway. What is he saying? I need to do what I hear. I need to preach and then do what I'm preaching. And so let's look at this next scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So we have to be disciplined. What does that mean? You have to have a ritual. You have to have a habit, not so strict that you can't alter from it, but you have to have a desire to want to read the word, to spend time with the Lord, come to church, and you have to be like this guy right here. See? He, he's, he, are you that determined? Are you that disciplined? I know Allie is. I, I, I mentioned you, 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 go, you work out and you get at the gym at what time? Five, Five o'clock. In the morning? And how many times a week do you do that? Four to five five times. Is there ever a time when you wake up and you say, you know, I don't really feel like doing this? Every day. day. (laughs) But you buffet your body, right? You tell your body, get up and do. Is there times that we don't want to pray? Is there times we don't want to do good for the Lord? You have to tell our bodies, no, you get up and you do these things, right? Discipline yourself. Scriptures like this come to mind. I am crucified with Christ. I die daily. I work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. I consider others more important than myself. Not my will, but your will be done. Isn't that, does that sound like being a Christian? Does that sound like us? No, I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't feel like it. I don't know if I want to go to church today. I don't know if I want to pray. I don't know. I don't, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> you have to, dis- see, because you probably have a trainer like this guy right here. That's your trainer right there. <laughs> you want to do your exercises? Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> you know? uh, I'm going to be done here in 15 minutes, so whenever you're done, let me know, right? <laughs> that guy's not pushing you, is he? He put a pillow on him. I don't know what he's doing that for. But the lady says, are you my coach? Are you training me? That's why it's so important with these cards that we, we hand out is that I push you. I can remind you, encourage you to go and be, uh, look for disciples. Because you can meet somebody that you've never met before. They may get attracted to the spirit that's on the inside of you and want to follow you and learn from you, right? So, uh, but, but this guy, would you follow this guy? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Last couple of scriptures. Let's look at this. It says Hebrews six ten says, "For this is the scripture I love so much." You can love scriptures, right? You can't love flowers and apple pies and stuff, but you can love scriptures. Hebrews six ten says, "For God is not unjust." To forget your works and labor of love. He's not going to forget them. What does that mean? That means they're written down somewhere. 
He's not going to forget them. And I've heard, I've read that the angels take track and record all the good things that you've done all the days of your life. So nothing that you do is not recorded, not uh, uh, in God's heart and mind. He said, but I won't forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown towards the saints, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. To me, that's great news, isn't it? That whatever you do as unto the Lord, it's being recorded. And when you get to heaven, God says, okay, let's look at the list of things that you've done. Whew, yeah, nice. <laughs> or the short list. <laughs> you got 10 things you live for about 60 years, you got 10 things. What's up with that? <laughs> that's why when we have the carnival and you volunteer, you're doing it as unto the Lord. You, like what does it say here? Let's see this picture here. If you've given a little child a cup of cold water, you've given it unto me. So when you're there and you're in the booth with the games, the carnival games, and you're helping kids, making them have a good time, you're, you're entertaining Jesus. You're helping Jesus. And you, it gets recorded. The angels are right there. So, okay, let's see. You put an hour and a half in. You were kind, you're kind of mean to that kid there, but... You know. <laughs> you, you shouldn't have really done that, but <laughs> you kind of you kind of cheated on the cakewalk there. But I'm not gonna not gonna count that on you. <laughs> but God says that He rewards you accordingly. He's not gonna forget it. I like that, and you know. Again, I'm a baseball fan. It's baseball season, so I guess I give a couple of baseball. But Willie Mays was a guy who used to hit a lot of home runs. And so they interviewed him one time. They said, man, Willie, how many home runs did you hit this, this month? He goes, I don't know. I hit them. You count them. And so, <laughs> so I'm not counting how many rewards I'm getting. I'm just piling them up, letting the angels count them, and, and give me credit for what I deserve. Amen? Because when it comes time to ask for the Lord for help, he's going to say, what have you done? And the angel's going to say, looky here. I got it right here. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, last scripture. So we're devoted, right? We're disciplined, right? We're dedicated, right? And what's the last thing? Determined. We have to be determined not, and not give up. How many of you feel like giving up sometimes? They're like, why am I doing this? Why am I praying this so long? It doesn't seem like anything is happening. We were in the community center for 12 long years. <laughs> I, loved it. I loved it too. It, to me, it seemed like it just went like in a minute. I know we were waiting, believing, but God was recording all the things that we had done. And he was not, he was not forgetful to remember the things that we've done in his name. So he rewarded us. Look where he put us. He put us in a good place. It's our own place now. So now on Saturday night, we can set up for Sunday. We can have all of our things all, all, all uh, set up, and we can invite the neighborhood to come visit the Lord's house, and we can be, you know, we can say this is where we meet. Isn't that a blessing? But how many of you are, are believing? There's times things that you believe for, it seems like it's never going to happen, but God says don't uh, give up. Don't let your heart grow faint in believing for things that are going to happen. It may not look like it on the outside, but all of a sudden, suddenly, it happens. So it will come to pass. God is not a liar. Amen? If he said it, will he not do it? If he promised it, will he surely not bring it to pass? 
So you have to keep believing. Praise God. So the last scripture in 1 Timothy 1.12 says, And I thank God, I thank Jesus Christ our Lord, who enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. I always believed in that. I always said, you know what? I'm going to be faithful because I love the Lord with all my heart. And I want to be where he called me to be, doing what he told me to do. I don't want to go to a place and then all of a sudden say, well, you know, I don't feel like it. I'm going to move on to someplace else. No, he put me here. I can remember when we first went to our first church. And I, uh, I asked the Lord, Lord, just show me a church that you want me to go to. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. And the Bible says he, he knows the places that he wants to put us. And so I went to this church, and it was nice. It felt good. Felt like home, but I said, you know, I'm going to just, you know, kind of stay at home for a couple, couple weeks and just see how things go, and maybe I'll come back. And so after I was gone from church a couple of weeks, I started slipping away back into my own cell. How many of you know that? <laughs> you stay away from church, you start, you don't get rejuvenated, you don't hear the word of God, all of a sudden you start going on your own path. So then I, after a month's time, I said, Lord, I want to uh, go to church, but can you show me a place where I'm supposed to go? And you know what he said? He said, I showed you the place where you're supposed to go. What do you need to look around for? Get back to where you're supposed to be. I didn't realize that he had a plan for me at, at that church. They were $130,000 in debt. I knew how to get them out of debt. He needed me to get there, and very sternly he told me, I put you in a place to go. What do you need to look around for? So I went there, and I stayed there 18 years. So I can't just say, oh, you know, I just didn't feel like it anymore. I mean, the sternness of the Lord, I've never heard or felt anything like that before. So God wants you to be faithful where you're at. What if, you would have, if we would have quit like 10 years ago? I mean, in the 10th year, we would have never had this beautiful facility. So God wants us to be determined. Do what you're supposed to do. Keep doing it and believe God. How many of you are married and you're wondering like, when is your husband ever going to get it right? <laughs> or your wife, when is she ever going to get it right? Be <laughs> determined. And know that that's where you're placed and that you can make a difference. Don't try to change her, change you so that you can be the difference, you can be the light. Amen? And so sometimes you need a little help. Let's look at these last two scriptures, three. three uh, sometimes doesn't it feel that way? Man, you're limping to get to where you're supposed to be and someone has to come along and help you and say, it's going to be all right. You be encouraged, right? Sometimes you have to go visit somebody in the hospital and say, you're going to be all right. Because I have this theory... You know, when you're, when you're sick, you never think you're going to get well. Have you ever felt that? I got this sickness. I'm never, just, I've had it for forever. But then when you're well, you never think you're going to get sick. I'm strong as an ox. I'll, nothing will ever happen to me. But see, when you're sick, you need someone to come along. You're going to get through this. It's going to be all right. Charlie had a, had a uh, uh, the Lord spoke to him concerning Al to tell him, Al, you're going to get through this. You, it's going to be tough, but you're going to get through this. And so I went to visit him yesterday, and I go, how, how were you processing your, your sickness? He goes, I don't remember it. All the pain that he was in, God took it away from him. Isn't that amazing? So when you get to the finish line, when you get to where you have to be, God's going to take away all the heartache that you've had for the joy that is set before you. So if you have to climb this mountain... Keep climbing, keep going, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then when you do, guess what's going to happen? Let's see. Hallelujah. I believe. 
you're a winner, right? I finished my course. I finished the race. I've done all that God has called me to do. Do you know he has things that he's, you know, put in your heart to do? That he already has a plan prepared for you? And that you're supposed to do the plan? Do you feel like you're in the plan? If not, open your spirit, open your heart up, and let him direct you and guide you. Where does it start? It starts here with this last slide. It starts with being devoted to the Lord. Are you devoted? Do you love him so much, more than anything else, more than riches, more than sweetness of honey, more than riches and gold and all these things? Do you meditate on his, on his uh, principles day and night? Does his life consume you? If not, then you're not at the level that God wants us to be. He says, I want you to love me with all of your what? Heart, soul, strength, and might. All of it. That means there's nothing left. Then be dedicated. Do those things. Let your body do the things that, you, that uh, your heart wants you to do. Don't give up. Be disciplined. Don't let you know, distractions and um, disappointments short-circuit short you from being disciplined. And then be determined. I don't care what it takes. I'm going to keep moving on. I'm going to be determined. My son says sometimes, Dad, you just keep going no matter what. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I keep going no matter what because I know the Lord is going to reward me at the end. Praise God. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the privilege to come before you, to worship you, to, to hear words that will encourage us so that we can be a disciple taught of the Lord, that we can be devoted, dedicated, disciplined, and determined to follow you all the days of our lives. We thank you, Lord, for this. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And all agreed said, amen. amen.